Music, the universal language. From the soothing hums between mother and babe, to those Eskimo weirdos that, like, bark at each other, or throat sing, or whatever it is, you've seen them. It's weird. Music, a language of expression. As a comedian, podcaster, actor extraordinaire, I, too, live the life of expression, the life of a true artist, the life of a musician, meaning that I've been drunk and high for most of it. Hi there, Jonathan Ramtran of Jonathan Ramtran the Podcast, that is. Today I sit down with Toronto's very own Echoes of Carlaw to hear about the city and music that made them. Well, we're here. We are. Here we are. Hello. We are. Hello. Live in studio, you know. We got some, like, you know, we're in your element. Yeah, but, we are. You know, yeah, we're in your guys' we're element. You guys have played here. You guys have rehearsed here before, right? <laughs> I, Many times, yeah. We here from time to time. Yes. Actually, me yeah. and Chris, yeah. yeah. You didn't come to my place? No. Ah, uh, okay, no. No, I had my own studio. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, that was um, Echoes of Carla. Echoes of Carla, our guest today here, Jonathan Ramcher on the podcast. And, um, you know, Steve, yep. your studio. Your studio was down at Carla, right? Yes. Toronto, yes. Toronto, Canada. Yep. Close to downtown Toronto, yeah. Carla Avenue, that's where all the magic starts. We're still there. We're still there. We have a little room. Still there. Still Different spot, there. but same building, same place. Much smaller of a room, but, yep. you know, it works. It's nice, man. I, I've seen the space many times, you know. Um, I've seen you guys, known you guys over the years. So let's get into it here. Like, um, Echoes of Carla. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much having you guys in today. Thanks, Thank for, thanks for doing this. Thanks, thanks for having for, us. Yeah. Thank this you. It's a real honor and pleasure. Oh, like, you know, I, pleasure's mine, seriously, you know, like, this really adds a different dynamic to my podcast. I'm glad you guys could, you know, share in that. Share with me. And we will share. Oh. Share and share. She knows all about sharing. Sharing and caring. Sharing is caring. So, like, um, quickly, like, uh, for the viewers, like, why don't you guys introduce your, yourselves? Steve, a.k.a. Red Style, play keyboards, vocals. Roger, a.k.a. The Dark Corner, drums. Chris, a.k.a. G-Man. Uh, G, of course, for guitar. Uh, plus, I also do vocals as well, too. And he wears G-strings. So. <laughs> <laughs> you do in. vocals, Chris? <laughs> for anyone who's interested. <laughs> You do vocals in the G-string? <laughs> yes! We'll do a little Upon demonstration. Especially. <laughs> Give me a second here. That's us what you got. That's not. Show <laughs> <laughs> us what you got. Oh, yeah. Show us what you're working with. Come on. Or as Chucky would say, it's uh, not about what you've got, it's how what you do with it. <laughs> Chucky, like a little demon doll? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> or is that like a yeah, <laughs> Of course, of course he said, okay. of course. He, he's, got, he's got a very small guitar. You That's mean what he like uses. Chucky? 
Okay. It's not what you got, it's what you do with it. <laughs> That's okay. good, more like it. Yeah. Hi, my name's Chucky. Wanna play with me? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> is that like, is that like, um, does that like inspire you? Freelance Chucky. Oh, absolutely, especially since I, uh, saw the actual uh, first child play child's play movie in theaters when it came out in the fall of 1988 I think he just dated us there Chris you know <laughs> he dated himself I like, <laughs> dated the g-string I'm actually 23 <laughs> <laughs> wearing the same g-string since 88 <laughs> he went to see Chucky <laughs> half naked in a g-string Chucky <laughs> With Paul Rubens. <laughs> With Paul Rubens. <laughs> <laughs> <Pee -wee. laughs> With Paul Rubens. <laughs> <laughs> Is 
When did the band start? When did you guys, like, first get together? Of course I know. This is for the uh, okay. viewers. The history of the band is... Yeah. Okay, so... I mean, yeah, it's probably going back 40 years, probably. Well, well I'm 23, but yeah. Well, yeah, 40 years. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, probably... uh, me and Raj were always making music together for years and years. And then, um, I don't know, one day I, uh, I said, hey, let's start a band, a full band. And uh, we asked Chris to join, and then we had another singer at Chris, that, at that yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, then he left, and then me and Chris took over the vocals, changed the name to Echoes of Carla, and we've been going 11 years now? Yeah. 11, 12 yeah, years? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. As Echoes of Carla. Yeah. Not mentioning the other, the other band. Yeah, well, this band came out of our old band, yeah, you know, the yeah. Wardens, the Four Wardens. But um, our lead singer, um, he had to leave. Yes, yeah, 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 he had to go. <laughs> he had to leave, and uh, we wish him all the best. Sayonara. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we kept on trucking. Echoes of Carlisle. No, man, I, I get that, and that's... The name came from Chris. Chris, if you want to say anything about how you came yeah, up with the Chris, name. Chris came up with the name. Sure, so... Um, we were originally called Egos of Carlisle. <laughs> 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 like my Egos. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we were uh, sitting around, uh, and uh, this is uh, when we... Uh, uh, when we wanted to take the next step and uh, come up with a new name. So um, we were just bouncing ideas around. Yeah. I think it was something... I, I think the name Carla was going around. We were trying to figure yeah. out how to, like, figure out what to put with Carla. And then, and then Chris was like, you know what? We've been through so many, you know, incarnations. We were the Wardens. And before, that's how we met Chris. He was with Warlock Moon uh, in another band. Then we also had a jam band. We would like come there every Friday night and jam in the place. So, and destroy my and, studio. And, and that's kind of where the <laughs> so just uh, and that's kind of where the from echoes the came from thing, because there yeah. was so much you know past history between all of us and with music and you know that place in particular, the Carla building. So he said, "How about echoes of Carla?" And we're like, "Hey, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go with that." I totally get that because it's like, I mean, I, we. We played with you there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came in there. You're and part of the musical legacy of the building. Mm. Yes, you. yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. Uh, doing my uh, little side projects, um, and I totally get um, that necessity of like moving forward. Like, you know, it's sad when you know friends or past, like, um, I guess colleagues, past colleagues, people you work with. Sometimes you gotta split up, go different ways. Oh, it wasn't sad at all. It wasn't sad. It wasn't sad at all. It wasn't sad. It was not sad. It was what was I was actually like, yes, yes, yes. It was perfect timing. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, it was perfect timing. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. You know. But no, sorry to interrupt you. Oh no, no, no. I mean, like, but I guess okay. No, like sometimes, yeah. There's the the good, the necessity, but I also mean just the necessity of you hit that hurdle, but you moved on anyway. Because a lot of times One be, week later. that would be convenient. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you lose a lead singer, 
Or train too. Morale's low. That's a good time to quit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time to just say fuck it, whatever, throw the rope in. That's it's true because I was I was thinking. I remember I ran the idea uh, by you about a singer, and you mentioned some girl at the time. You were uh, a girl you had in mind, but then I don't know. I don't know know who it was, but but she wore it very well, I must say. (laughs) But then I just said, man, no, I gotta do this myself. Yeah, the way I looked at it is that we didn't lose a singer. I'm like, we we just lost the front man. Singer was always in the band. We lost a man. He, we lost a man. <laughs> One man down. But I didn't, I, I, I mean, my sister came out to one of our shows. I think I told my sister came out to one of the shows and she was like, you know what? She did? Yeah. Remember know. when we were at Rock Pile? My niece and my sister came. Oh, my, my, right, my dad right, came. Ricky, was that out. the one Ricky was there? Yeah, too? yeah. Uh, my sister thought, but my sister was like, you guys sound awesome. It'd be better if there was no one singing. <laughs> okay sometimes your know, personnel adjustment and you guys do have a really like one thing i always enjoyed about seeing you guys again i've seen you guys throughout the years in toronto here and you know you have that kind of um connection between the three of you you know a real solid like Power listener trio. like you guys are listening you guys are a solid unit yep. and Power a really trio. cool like you know I'm, I'm a big fan of um I just love music, so I love anything from like rock, hip hop, metal, um, R&B. You guys blend that nicely. So, like, what, in your opinion, seeing as you guys have a eclectic styles, you know, you got Chris, um, you know, he he does um, guitar, G-Man, but he also you know he also does his metal project with Warlock Moon. That's his other band. Uh, that oh, was yeah, defunct. that was back at this point. Now he oh, the other one is uh, Jin Arcana. Okay, sorry, yep. Jin Arcana. Okay, no awesome. And it's in that metal vibe. The mystery of the genie. <laughs> the mystery of the G man. <laughs> and the G string. <laughs> the mystery of the G string. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to find out that mystery. <laughs> Some things are better left un- unwedged. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I you agree. Know, but yeah. with these like eclectic styles, you know, we've got Red Style here, Steve, also known as Red Style, MC, singer, lyricist. We got um, Raj, yep. Roger. Yep. I know you as a drummer. Yep. I know you as a bit of a poet, beatnik yourself, you know. So like with all these styles, like in your opinion, what makes a musician? Hmm. Is there one thing in particular or just many things? Or like to you, what makes a musician? Somebody with like good good musical taste, good musical influences, good handle on their instrument. That's what I think makes a good musician. Definitely a will to listen, absolutely. You know, especially if you're playing in a group, you know, you have to hear everyone out and that's so important in terms of uh, getting it on as a band and into the long term is, uh, you know, always having that open ear. That's why we've been together for so long, mm-hmm. right? Compromise, yeah. right? Uh, Absolutely. I also think um, not having any any limits, like not, not trying to put yourself in a box and say, oh, you should be doing this or doing that. Like, just open your mind, do anything. Whatever the flow is, you just follow it, wherever it goes. So some days it'll be more of a metal-sounding song with Chris. Some days it'll be more of a, a lighter R&B-type sounding song. Um, because of me, I suppose, and then, and it just like, I just, I just love to create, 
no matter where it takes me, no matter how it sounds. It doesn't even matter to me how it sounds, right? Um, I just like doing it with no limits whatsoever, you know. And that's the other important thing as well, too, is uh, the aspect of um, just uh, encouraging um, everyone being encouraged to uh, put their own voice and for these unique voices to mix together and to me that's the essence of uh, EOC of what we do here in EOC is for example um, Steve will come up with uh, an idea and then Roger will throw in uh, uh, stuff and all uh, you know uh, throw in you know whichever and you know we'll of course discuss about uh, Steve might say for example uh, Chris how about you uh, try uh, doing a bit of a solo in the end or uh, try this type of thing and you know we just you know try things out and you know just put things together and and it always it works it always works yeah maybe we're lucky I don't know but it always works you know I like that I like that I kind of find in what I do you know podcasting comedian actor with that kind of faith and that I in confidence in yourself not over inflated but just the idea of we're gonna do something it does always work out yeah and like sometimes it's a complete fuck up but then you'll learn from it or a happy accident but the majority of the time it, it does just it's strange how that is it just I find that too it just works out it will just work out you know yeah. I mean we, we did a test one time um to see how, how quick we can come up with something or to see how tight we were. And I just said, one, two, three, go. And we all just hit our you know, our, key, our instruments and a song came out in five minutes. Like literally, and that became Soft Spot. Mm -hmm. If you remember, that's how we did it. Let's just say, one, two, three, go. <laughs> and it just it tur it turned into a song like that from out of nowhere, right? Yes. But having that mentality to approach things like that it's probably scary for some people, right? But that's just how I naturally am. I just, whatever. You know, let's just see. Let's throw it and see what happens. Yeah. And it, it works. Yeah. I hate formulaic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, however a song can be written is how it should be written. I've always heard, like, I can't remember who it was. I, can't, I, I think it was one of our old friends who used to come by the room. And he says, oh, a song is never done. And I said, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, I've been writing a song for the last 15 years. What the fuck is and that? And I'm like, I think I remember Billy or something. Remember Billy used to he used Oh, to that's swing your by. friend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a song can never be done. I've been writing one for 15 oh, years. My. And I'm like, so who's going who's gonna to hear it? Has he, did he start a second one if, in the 15 if, years, if, hopefully? If, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Man, thank you. Writing I, the same song forever and ever and ever, amen. <laughs> that's insane. I could write yeah. one song in five minutes. I'm going to spend 15 years on one song? Yeah. Oh, my. You know what? It's interesting you say that because one of the things I, like, I really like about, I guess the closest I could get to a, writing songs is, you know, I do a little spoken word or sometimes jokes, but in the spoken word, I like the idea of, having a concept of a thought, making a statement with it, like, a, a, you know, making the noise, making the words, making the birthing it, and then it's done. I kind of I kind of like that idea of, like, mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to express this. Yeah. It's a three, four-minute song, whatever. It's done. 
And yeah, if you are moved in the time, future yeah. to come back, but generally speaking, you know, it's birthed. I think those are the best songs. I think those are the best songs. Whenever I read about or watch a video with somebody, oh, this is how we wrote this song, this is how we wrote that song, this came in a dream overnight, I'm like, oh, those are like the best songs, the ones that just came out of thin air almost. Well, you were onto something with your, uh, your spoken word project with the drums. Oh, right, some yes. time ago. Primal Gruntings, yeah. That that was some cool stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember that. Yeah. When you said that, it just took me back to, to, that, to, to that. But, uh, yeah, that, that was good. Well, that's one thing I kind of learned from that time, like along the lines you guys are saying. Like, sometimes like a song can be done, and you, you birth that thing, and... And you move on. You, you move on to the next thing, you know? Like, you don't sit and, and try to figure it all out, because it doesn't need to be figured out. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how I think, you know? Yeah, some people try to make everything emotional, I guess. As the old House of Masters commercial would go, take the plunge with total confidence. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> that's pretty much how we write tunes, actually. Ooh, I just, like that, man. That's pretty much how we write songs. Yeah. Take I'm going to use that soundbite as like my alarm clock from now on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, You're most welcome. I guess, cue it up. <laughs> take the plunge <laughs> with total confidence. I like that, man. That's inspiring. But I, I get the idea, though. That's that's very true, man. Take the plunge with total confidence. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, going back to our songwriting process, I mean, somebody will just throw out a piece of music, and usually Steve will come up with, like, some chords or something or, or a nice piece, and Chris will maybe layer it on top, and then I'll just maybe, you know, just put something in there, and then we got a song. It's not, the truth is, for us, it's not hard writing music. It's not hard writing our songs. No. And that's why, that's why we couldn't stop, like before, like uh, when, when we had the, 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 the three-day pause when the singer left. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we had so many songs. We had so many songs that we didn't want to go to waste. So it's like, no, no, we're going to We've never on. been at a loss for ideas. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, yeah. never. Yet. Never. I mean, no. Never. Every time, I mean, every time I even play one of our songs, like I was telling you last night, I, it comes across to me as fresh and new every time we play our stuff. Yeah. Yep. Especially since a uh, brief hiatus. Yes. Yeah. With the, yeah. 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 So yeah. then it felt fresh all over again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Fresh, refresh. <laughs> yep. So with this approach you guys take to your writing, very loose, very like kind of, I guess, like, kind of, like, inborn, in a sense, like, very inbred. natural. Inbred. Yes. Inbred. <laughs> I prefer that. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't. <laughs> With that cousin-fucking approach that That's you take to your songs, songwriting. Right? Our songs are inbred. Uh. <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> Got a pretty mouth, boy. <laughs> I'll be yawning, too. <laughs> Okay. Natural. Yeah, that's our approach to songwriting is, uh, yeah, you know, natural. Very, very, an idea very, here. very simply. Another I'd say they're simple that, songs, but very simply. Sometimes they are, though. Sometimes they are simple songs, But yes. they sound good. They sound really good, you know? Some of the biggest hits in the world were simple songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's Why complicate it? Why complicate it, really? That's how, that's how we approach it. That's how we attack. So with that approach... Who inspired you? Like, who are your influences? 
it's just kind of interesting to hear because I mean right now you're in all this resurgence of um, a lot of older bands coming through the pandemic and just just in general like who are some of your influences like does anything come to mind when you guys kind of blend your styles you know I don't know well I do know like for me like you know I've, I've always been a fan of like Curtis Mayfield or, or Marvin Gaye or Babyface um, Bruce Springsteen, you know, a lot of different different artists. Lately, I've gotten a lot more Same. into Freddie Mercury. That guy was a monster. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many prints. There's just so many to name that are among my favorites. But, mm. but basically with me is I put my fingers on the keys and I just start playing around, just start playing with it. And something always comes out of it. Even if it's a small thing, we turn it into something bigger, you know. I remember one time how we came up with... Uh, Styles, or formerly known as Styles. Yes. Um, we were playing a song. We were actually jamming a song, and I made a mistake. My fingers, my fingers just fell off the keyboard. But I heard something. I heard something in the. Yeah, like, I, I, st I said, "Stop! Yeah. There's something here." <laughs> Turn to another song. So it's just having the open mind to just anything, right? And uh, that's how I go about it. I don't know. Maybe these guys have a different yeah. approach. Yeah, it's true. Um, as for me, um, I can't say I have like one favorite. I, I mean, like all, all like Steve. I like all styles of music. I like old music. I like the party. Yeah, you know, new kids on the block. New kids on um, you know, heavily influenced by new kids on the block. Who Just wasn't? listen to our music. You'll see. Who wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just all styles of music. I mean, all. All styles of music, so I would just like to throw it into our songs. I mean, you might hear little bits of our. That's that sounds like reggae. That sounds like rock. That sounds like punk. It's, yes, it's all in there. So I just try to like throw everything that I like into my music. I can't say I have one favorite drummer or one favorite musician. I just like all that. I like all that stuff. Like like Steve, I like all that stuff. What say you, Chris? Uh, I'm interested. Oh, yes. Uh, well, um... Besides Chucky. <laughs> and G-string. And, <laughs> and uh, all that. Yeah, so, um... Well, for me, uh, I've always been to music and, uh, and that. Uh, in terms of influences, uh, the one band that uh, really in ultimately influenced me to want to get into this were uh, Judas Priest because um, I remember I was about uh, 18 the time and was going through uh, you know a bit of a I was going through a breakup and that and uh, at the time I rented uh, this uh, a VHS tape this is of course back in 1989 uh, when they had the uh, you know the actual video stores where you'd go this is for the kids out there you'd go into the store and buy the actual VHS and the case and everything and in the music section I saw music video section I saw uh, uh, Judas Priest's uh, uh, 1982 uh, live from Memphis um, uh, tapes so I rented that and uh, I remember playing through it and there was this one song Victim of Changes that really grabbed me 
and uh, especially uh, the, it's a longer song and uh, later on in the song they have this uh, refrain of sorts uh, where things kind of quiet down and uh, I remember watching it and just this uh, you know really moody really emotional passage that uh, went uh, once she was wonderful dun, dun. Once she was fine. And I remember listening to this and I could relate to that and, you know, this breakup and everything going on, thinking, oh, at the time, you know, once things were wonderful with this, uh, with this girl and everything and once she was fine once she was beautiful and at one point it was at that point I started imagining that I was on stage expressing my emotion playing the guitar while singing these lines and just for me it was a catharsis because it was simply as I would term it you know getting getting my emotions out quenching purging myself of this and you know it made me feel better to the point where I, I was really starting to get serious about wanting to uh, want to use music as an, an expression and uh, you know and um, then I, that's when I started to really get interested and in, uh, you know want to pick up the guitar and uh, you know and get into that and to cut a long one short uh, from that point on is I might not be here if it weren't for that type of thing you know so uh, but uh, I'm always um, from an overall musical standpoint I'm always uh, inspired by you know different things that I hear and you know some, always uh, working on from my end you know developing my craft and uh, you know my skills and everything and uh, that's very interesting it's like yes this craft the skill the music but with you there was almost like a an emotional thing like an, an expressive thing that obviously the music was there as well but there was something kind of going back to what we were saying about how you know sometimes you just gotta express something it was kind of like that's you 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 had a need to express something with the breakup, and then you got inspired by, you know, Judas Priest, and it was like that need to express that breakup and what what was going on with you at that time. It kind of it kind of fueled it forward. And it was on that day, especially or that evening, that uh, I really learned, uh, you know, the real value of music and art for that way is not just. Uh, making something look good or sound good or whichever it's about ultimately it's about you know expression that's you know for me the very least the real purpose behind art is you know it's the self-expression yep the expression and uh you know that's why um even if there's the odd you know song or type of music that i'm not into at the same time i'm not going to get negative and bash it because really art is a very subjective thing yeah we're all into as much as the same thing as we're all into different things like we we all like the same stuff we all like different stuff we can all agree that, oh yeah we love this stuff we all used to listen to this but yet still each of us have our own favorites you know when it comes to styles of music or 
individual artists. And we still work as a band. Yeah, and we still work as a band. I mean, I guess that comes with being friends and having respect and love for each other and stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know. Love is a strong word. Yeah, hey, you know. The love of music. Yeah. What, um... <laughs> 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 so with that with that um you know you mentioned um having that expression and the subjectivity or being open to the subjectivity of that expression in the new things and the old things like uh who's your favorite new artist right now or like new approaches to music Inspired I honest, by. I, I honestly can't tell you. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, I, I like Bruno Mars. Bruno, yeah, yeah, Bruno yeah. Mars he's is a he's, talented yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard a song on the radio. I, I don't know the singer's name, but the, the singer was singing this song, and uh, it actually was the first new song in years that actually hit, where it's just like, I'm broken, but it's wonderful. Like, it was a very simple song, but the words, I'm just like, yeah, that's real. I'm broken, but it's wonderful. Yeah. Some, yeah, I know what you mean, how sometimes a simple, a simple phrase, sometimes the best lyrics are just simply put. Exactly. And it goes, yeah. and it's phrased nicely in the song. And I wish I knew the name of the singer, but I heard it on the radio, and I, I'm just like, hey, that, that kind of grabbed me, that, that, that chorus that, that was being sung. I'm broken, but it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Not even just okay, it's like, I love it. So she was really embracing her being broken, you know, which is not easy to do. And there it was, right? So, I mean, that grabbed me. I guess when somebody writes something real, it'll grab you. Yeah. You know, but something that's just generic or pump it out there to make money or try to make money, it's like, no, you just did it. It's in the, in the world. But something that's written for real will probably always grab me. Yeah. And I'll know. I'll know. I'll say, that's real, you know? So that th those words there grab me. But I wish I knew the name of the singer, but I don't. Yeah. But uh, that, that point's well taken, though, like, the simplicity of the lyric grabbed you. There was something truth about it. Because we're all broken in some way, right? But it's how you, you know, deal with it, mm -hmm. you know? Ultimately. So if you can embrace it, hey, that's good, you know? So for you, you're always open to the idea of a new truth or a new honesty in what you hear? Yeah. That, like, kind of open, that's the... I mean, I always write from that. I mean, I always draw from truth. Because it's easy to get closed off. Like, um, just you have your way of thinking and just you don't want to hear anything else and just nothing else is coming in this door, the brain. Yeah. Nothing else is coming in my brain. Yeah. Oddly said there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's coming in my brain. It's therapeutic, but, but you know. It's that idea that... Yeah. Some people can be closed up, but you're open yeah. to that. Oh, yeah, because it's therapy, man. Like, it, it was basically my therapist at, at certain times in my life. It was, like, my therapist. You know, I remember in high school, they asked me, they said, do you want to see a therapist? It's like, no. Okay. It's like, and I thought, am I making a mistake? But, no, I had my keyboard. So writing songs and playing around on the keyboard turned into, like, my therapy. And, you know, over, over time, you start to see, like, it really did help me. You know, maybe you don't know it at the time, but when you look back, it's like, yeah, if I didn't have that, that outlet, or writing or writing all my thoughts down, which become songs, it, you know, that's my therapy. It was just me Getting by myself. With, out. Yeah. yeah. As the uh, old uh, Elton John uh, classic, uh, sad songs say so much. Yeah. 
you know, and if you write a sad song, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's it. I remember somebody said, oh, you write a lot of sad songs. I said, what are you saying, bitch? You know? But but, but somebody said that to me. <laughs> you smack her? But I was just like, should have. It, it, it's kind of like, okay. Goodbye, rose. <laughs> Quick slap. It kind of made me Little feel Elton. a way about writing it, but it's like, but if that's how you felt, that's how you felt at the time, you know? Yeah, of course. Not all songs would be like, sad but yeah. they cannot all, cannot all be happy all the time yeah and that too it can't all be that and I don't listen to a lot of like new pop um, radio or new pop music to be 100% honest I don't so I don't really know what's out there to tell you the truth you know I, I, I might hear something in passing but I couldn't tell you who it was or cause how about any new discoveries then like any like uh, have you like, new discoveries like for in me, terms of just like a, a new outlook well for me a lot of new music today is like <laughs> that I'm into is actually just from bands who've already been around right that's a lot of the new music I listen to it's a lot to new catch up music on, you know? from mm-hmm. an old band like you know what I mean yeah so no, totally that's 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 what I find myself listening to a lot now little bit old school, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just older school. Older school, yeah. yeah. Oldest school. Oldest school. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, no. So what type of gear do you guys use? Like, um, is there like a significance or a meaning to the gear that you use? Because like, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they, they really connect to their equipment in different industries. Like, for example, this microphone stand that I'm using, um, I've used it on a couple, um, I shot a special. This microphone stand was in the special. It has a little, a little um, something to me, right? I know Don't mean shit to anybody, but I know that I shot a comedy special with this mic stand. It's part of my gear. So like, to you guys, like, what kind of gear do you guys use and what, what, what does it mean to you? Like, does it well, mean- for me as a drummer, I like functionality. And I'm thinking that's why you like that stand, because yeah. of its functionality. Um, I like gear that delivers, that you know, packs a punch, um, reliable. That's what I, I, I. Again, I'm a drummer, so my answer will be different than Steve's and different than his. I use, I use drums and stands and cymbals and stuff. I'm, I'm everything with this can be is acoustic. So, I like functionality. I like functional things, simple things. That's what I'm attracted to with instruments and stuff like that because yeah you 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 have that physical i mean i guess a lot you know playing's physical but especially with drums you're really depending on that functionality there's a lot going on yeah, yeah. You have a lot of movement that's important and it's like you know yeah. okay i don't get hung up on brands too much though i do have a few favorite brands i like gretsch drums i like ludwig drums i like pearl drums but for me it's the functionality that's what it all comes down to and the quality, I'm I'm big into the quality. That's why I play with the gear I have. For example, uh, for this band, my primary guitar is a Gibson Les Paul, uh, and um, it, it's uh, beautiful. I see it. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, and the sound from it is. Uh, I'll never forget the day I discovered it, and uh, you know uh, that particular a, guitar or the brand name. Uh, that particular guitar. Well, also the brand name. I've always been enamored by of course because a lot of my heroes uh played gibson's uh you know uh 
there is something. there is a specific sound when you mesh certain guitars with amps. Like you mm. get you get a classic sound I find with mm. Gibson guitars and Marshall amps. Which is what I use. I probably I find you Marshall. get that sound when you plug into a different amp. Mm. There's a totally different sound. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. And uh, the feel of it, you know, within a few seconds, the feel and the sound, I knew that I'm getting that. So, uh, and, uh, you know, the resonance of it, too, uh, for you guitar techies out there. It has an ebony, ebony fretboard, and uh, uh, ebony fretboards are very well known for giving uh, quite a resonance and uh, a character to the sound. So it's... Uh, I uh, personally, from my uh, standpoint, I'm, I'm I'm big into quality and uh, making things sound the best they can from my end, especially you know. And I can just speak do. for myself, you know. Right on, definitely. So, like, how about you? Like, in terms of gear, like, I'm a Korg guy. I like I bought my Korg N364 in in 1999, and I never looked back. Um, it, it does whatever it does what I need. Uh, I like to combine sounds, right? So it's very easy for me to do that on there and come up with something like big, because I'm actually playing the bass as well. So I'm playing the bass with my left hand and the melodies with my right hand. So you know I got strings and bass and and other things I can combine to just bring it out. And the Korg just made it easy and uh, still sounds great to me. Like um, still sounds fresh to me. Yeah, it still sounds. sounds fresh, you know. Some some keyboards you get really dated sounds off guy, of them, but right? But not yeah, that one. Not that one. Not that but one. I think that's because I'm combining stuff, right. so it's creating yeah, something yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. Because people say that a lot about keyboards. Oh, that that's dated. Those sounds are dated. But I find with the Korg, yeah. Yeah. It's always fresh. And you had that since 1999. 1999. And how about the kit you had? When now? I was three. <laughs> when you were th when, when you were through right right of, of course came with you, the umbilical cord do the math yeah just after that yeah. well I'll tell you about my love affair um one of our one of our longtime friends he was doing a video shoot and at the time I didn't own a drum set uh, I didn't really know much I knew how to play them I didn't know much about the drum companies and different sounds from different and I went and I sat down at that drum set that he was that I don't know, they, they brought in for him to play on his video shoot. And it was a Gretsch drum set. And as soon as I played that, I realized I loved Gretsch drums. And I went to a music store and I tried literally every Gretsch drum that was there. And I was like, I love Gretsch drums. There really is something about that great Gretsch sound that they advertise in their slogan. But I'll, there are a lot of manufacturers, but I fell in love with the sound of Gretsch drums. It seemed to have a warmth to them, a harmonic, um, as opposed to other drums. To me, to me, a lot of them sound like hollow and unmusical, but when I heard Gretsch drums, I was sold. I was sold. Right on. Yep. Very interesting. Gibson guitars, Gretsch drums, Korg keyboards. And how long have you guys owned the particular instruments you play with now? Does that mean anything to you? Like, you mentioned the, since 1999. How long have you had the drum kit and the guitar? Like, does the time mean something to you guys? Like, uh, my, 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 my mom bought me my Gretsch drum set as a birthday present back in 2007. Um, okay. Since then, I've upgraded the kit 
to the same model but a newer version of it and a same 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 feel about it but again I also play Ludwig drums as well which is what I'll be playing uh, later on as well right on um, yes. so I, I love the sound of those too and what they actually have in common those two drum manufacturers is they're two of the oldest drum makers and I find they have a harmonic those drums have a harmonic to them and they're two of the oldest drum makers my guitar uh uh, Mike Gibson I've had uh, since 2008. Really? That long, eh? Yep. That's cool. Like, I, I like the idea of, um, you know, that functionality and that that time with the equipment. Something cool about that. I don't know. It, the tools that you use. Like, for example, uh, one little dumb thing I do is, you know, there's a lot of writing elements to what I do. So like I have like a thermos that I've used on job sites, just working just to pay my bills, and then also sitting around drinking coffee as a comic, writing jokes, dicking around, right? Yep. So it's like something simple as just this fucking thermos. It's part of my gear, and it kind of adds to my vibe when I'm when I'm you know creating oh, stuff. Oh, oh you know? yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. So like I don't know, it's very interesting, man. I mean, you put. I mean, you put your. You put yourself into your instrument. You put your soul into it. You put mm. your dirt into it. Your skin cells. <laughs> your misery. <laughs> your misery. Your joy. You put all that stuff into your, your instrument. Your you cancellation. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was on this keyboard that Who's I. Who's getting canceled this week? I got canceled week. on this keyboard. I will still keep it. Her <laughs> <for> memories. <laughs> nah, fuck them woke faces. So <laughs> like um. You're here. You know. Down with the left. Our, our, Har har. <laughs> here, here. Har har. So, um, right har. We're living right har in um, Toronto. Yeah. Toronto, Canada, man. You know, I don't mega live, city. I don't beautiful. live har anymore. Yeah, you don't. Ontario. Well, you're from there. <laughs> yeah. You're honorary. Uh, you'll be a new mayor. Let's not go down that Hey, path. you couldn't do any worse. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> couldn't do any worse. You're right. Shout out, John. What's up, John? What's up, um, John? Respect. But you know, um, you know, Not. yes, you've relocated with Ontario, but the band Deep Roots in Toronto. Oh yeah, we're a Toronto, we're a so, Toronto-based band. Yeah, always will be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like, um, I've seen you guys at some great venues. Um, I think um, I've seen you guys um, Silver Dollar Room might have been the first time I seen you guys. Um, I've seen you guys at the Rock Pile. I think I may have seen you guys at the Horseshoe. Is that correct? Maybe somewhere in the past. Junjun. We played the Junjun bar. Okay, on um, on college. Yes. College and right by Kensington Market. Yeah. I think was he at the Nocturne show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nocturne. You did the filming. Yeah, you did the filming. You were at the Nocturne. I think that's what you were thinking was the horse. Yeah, the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Yeah, the Velvet. Velvet Underground, yeah. That's the one with the, there was a horse on there, or like a cow, right? <laughs> this is the bull, the, <laughs> oh, the bovine. Oh, yeah, we brought it to the show. The bovine sex <laughs> yeah. club. You brought the cow to the show. The cow sex club. The bovine sex club. Remember when I saw you guys play that sex club? There was no sex there. <laughs> there, was, there was no sex. There were sexes there, but no sex. And a lot of sexism. <laughs> yes, and cows. Which we don't condone here on Jonathan Ranger on the podcast. No. Of course not. Fucking bitches. But um, <laughs> what are your favorite or significant Toronto venues? Anything in particular like hold meaning to you? 
maybe a history for like the people listening like what would you consider like significant Toronto venues but also maybe meaningful venues you guys played uh, I would say um... and I love bitches by the way <laughs> sorry ladies well, no problem <laughs> comes free with the g-strings uh yeah so <laughs> anyway uh i would say in terms of history uh the first one that comes to mind for me is the horseshoe uh it's a uh, very legendary uh also to um the whore's uh, shoe <laughs> <laughs> that's where i left it <laughs> where's my shoe <laughs> i'm the whore Oh, there it is. We'll call it the horse show. I'm drunk. The tavern. Sorry. The Velvet Underground also has quite the history as well, too. Uh, um, the Rock Piles, uh, quite. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite. Rock has Piles has been attracting quite, uh, the, quite the legends itself, yeah. too. I like uh, Nocturne, too. That was pretty cool. Nocturne. Yeah, small. Yeah, but I love that place. Was that you were drunk? Okay. That's why you didn't remember it. No, that's not it at all. No, no. <laughs> the Phoenix is another fine, legendary Phoenix. place as well too. The Opera House as well. Uh, yeah, I, um, another one that really. Um, um, Another legendary one from the past as well, uh, Jeff Healy's, uh, Healy's as well too. Oh, you played Healy's place, eh? Uh, no, I was there. Uh, I've great for hung out there, you know. Yeah, it, was yeah. a, it was a great spot, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, also there was this old place I remember years ago that I'd go to from time to time, also known as the. Uh, it's uh, there are a lot of places that are no longer around. Uh, one of them was the uh, was the ultrasound. That was a great one too. Uh, also to the um, well, uh, this Dave, place called Illich's as well too. Dave's on Saint Clair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's place. a story for that you. A wonderful yeah. dump. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story there for you, actually. Oh yeah, let's hear oh, it. Yeah, well. Maybe you should tell it because you, you brother. Uh, was, uh, is there an abridged my, version? Yeah, yeah. Or my, bro like, uh, my brother there's was. There's any juicy details you don't want to leave. We no, were, no, uh, my brother was friends with the owner. Our there. set was shut down for uh, mysterious reasons. Well, it probably was the thing. singer, actually. You think about it. I think it was the singer. Our singer at the time. I think it was the singer at the time. He just kept complaining, "You guys are too loud. You guys are too loud." But they have bands there. They bands play there. I think he didn't like our singer at the time, so I think he shut it down. He just stopped us after two and a half songs. He just said, you guys got to stop. Plus, I think, Mid-set. Plus, I think he was tweaking that guy, too. Mid-set. He was like... And he was, he was he irate. Was, he was like... He, he was, was like, irate. Yeah. He was pretty he was so coked irate. out. <laughs> yeah. This is odd. So you guys are in the middle of a set. Yeah. And, you know, you guys are weathered musicians... Nice sound. Everyone like, loved I mean, us. Exactly. Everyone loved people us. People were outside. There was people out in the rain. <laughs> Dancing at the door. <laughs> yeah. There was not one frown in the uh, dining room, shall Except we say. Except for that one fella there. He was the owner, I guess. Yeah, that was Dave. 
Dave's on Sinclair. And they came and they just shut you down for a personal reason, some strange reason. I, I we we all that's I what you we all agree that he didn't like the singer. I assume, but I remember that his, uh, I think it was the singer at the time said he said that we we're monopolizing his business. Maybe we're you know we're we're scaring customers off, is what he was thinking. But it made no sense because people were coming in for us. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. That no, was exactly, because I mean. Um, one of the we did have the crowd by their g-strings oh, yeah we did <laughs> <laughs> need to high offense to that <laughs> but but like i said like even even that show i got something so good out of it the image of these young guys standing outside in the rain giving me the thumb up telling me you know what what's going on why do you guys stop and i'm like sorry man but they they were standing in the rain watching us so that, I, I like that. That that's you know that's that shows that we really appeal to to some people. So yeah, that's good. That's a no. I totally get that. I, I I've had those gigs too where it's like just shit went south, but I something remember kept one of you them. going through. Oh, let's <laughs> not get into my dirty laundry. No, no, we won't. We, we can't. <laughs> G-strings in that laundry? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> dirty G-strings. Dirty, dirty. <laughs> um, so this is the G-string interview, by the way. Oh, that's, yes, that's, that's what it's called. For our closing number, we're all just stripped down, <laughs> do the full Monty. <laughs> <laughs> My God, imagine we did that. <laughs> we'll put this on OnlyFans. Okay. <laughs> Direct to OnlyFans. Uh, At least viewed content on there. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, that's cool. So, you know, we got a little bit of the history of some significant um, Toronto venues. And then we also get this story. Um, Dave's on St. Clair. A gig you guys did. For whatever reason. He gagged us. Who knows who was right? Who knows what is wrong? Whose side? Who? Whatever, you know? I don't know. I wasn't there, but it meant something to you guys. Like you, you remember it. You persevered, and like, you know. And when I say persevere, I don't mean that lightly. I don't mean that lightly. Music is something that a lot of people want to do. They romanticize, and if they have the ability to do it, it can be a very. Um, to some people, that can be traumatizing. You know, you're you're on stage. You're pouring your soul out. You're doing your gig. You know, you're, you're, you're singing your own songs. You're playing your own music. Somebody stops you in the middle of a performance and get off. Exactly like that. Like... But I got one even worse than that, though. Um, the DC uh, DC Music Factory. Oh, yes. Sensi Fest? Sensi Fest, yeah. So well, we Sensi played the Sensi Fest. Um, I, I, I you can tell... You mean the Sexy Fest, uh, yeah, where we had even... Uh, more people by their g-strings but anyway well only at the end we didn't have them at the beginning that that, that was the thing that made it interesting right because like we started and the first two songs maybe three songs i couldn't hear i couldn't hear chris i couldn't hear things the, the sound guy was horrible or maybe he couldn't get us we're not you know typical you know basses on there the was keyboard. no bass player there yeah. for him to so, you know yeah so yeah. He, he wasn't getting it right so i couldn't hear parts so i couldn't hear things and i'm like i can't hear this guy i can't follow this but i'm trying my best and uh, it took him maybe two or three songs to figure that out. And, and I'm wa meanwhile, while this is happening, I'm watching people leave. I'm watching people walk out. I'm like, holy shit. 
right? This couple's walking out. This couple's walking out. I'm like, oh man. So now I'm sitting there, and I now I get angry. And then um, your buddy tells you, tell Steve, don't don't look angry on stage. So handle something like that. He told you. I was like, fuck him. I was angry because it was just a shit show. But the sound guy got it. He got it. He slowly got it, and I can hear things, and things sounded better. And by the end of that set, everyone loved us. So I went from thinking like, oh my God, we're awful, to like ending off like that was the song of the night. So that was a nice night too. I think it was your friend who said that was the song of the night. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 It was Fest. Yeah. Yeah, at the DC Music Factory. Are they still around? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I believe they are DC. I believe so. Yeah, I'm not sure if those guys are still around. But yeah, from going to see people walking out, I'm watching them walk out of the building. I'm like, this is not good. But I guess some people came back and they loved it. And I think they wanted us to do more. But we were also a different band too, eh? No, I get it. It was probably hard to figure out. Different singer and... Yeah, it's hard to figure out what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, we persevered. But yeah, a lot of good. A, a lot of my favorite shows too were um, the open mics that we did. Yeah. Like at On Cue or uh, Grossman's Bar, Grossman's Tavern. Those, those are a lot of my favorites. Too. On Cue was good because we yeah. just took over the joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. those are a lot of my favorite places to play as well. A lot of them are gone now. As we're as I'm saying these things, a lot of them are gone. Yep, on cues yeah. is gone. Grossman's Jun, still Jun, around, no? Jun Jun's gone. Jun Jun's gone. The Libertarian is gone. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> there's another tale right there. Yeah. The Libertarian. We did a show without a drummer. Oh yeah, playing hooky, huh? <laughs> yeah. So what, what happened? Well, I you know I, I part of part of me wanted to do it anyway, just for the challenge of it, right? Yep. Um, it was okay. A few people liked it, but most people were, you know, just getting drunk or watching television or something. <laughs> yeah. I think we were like elevator music that day, <laughs> basically. Well, your friends were there. They were supporting hey, us, right? Still, yeah. 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 But yeah, we had no drummer, but we still went ahead and did it. Yeah. And uh, that kind of made it more interesting for me. I guess I like a bit of the challenge in a way. I could have seen that. Yeah, we had no film good. of that, eh? Just good. pictures. Yep. It's probably still good. Yeah, I, I it still <laughs> felt sure it good. Still good. Still felt good. Yep. But I mean, you could see maybe people were watching NASCAR. Something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's people in the NASCAR. Those Toronto crowds, I tell you. Toronto ya. crowds, <laughs> I tell you. This in, this question's pretty interesting to me. Like, what do you think of people? who weaponize music for good or for bad. And like a quick example being like, you know, an idea of weaponizing music for good would be like, you know, you got that hippie movement, Woodstock, people writing these folk songs promoting love, you know? Or like an idea for weaponizing music for bad would be like, um, you know, somebody walking onto a bus and playing their boombox loudly to to be a jerk and to piss people off or to make notice of themselves you know or like chinese torture where they lock somebody in a room and play loud music constantly or like you know to annoy the neighbor you turn the music up loud like that kind of idea what do you think about people who weaponize music for good or for bad can be good. Bob Marley did it good. 
you yeah. know? Like, yeah. he, he, when it's done naturally, it's, it's yeah. good. But yeah. you can kind of get a feel when it's forced. Yeah. yeah. Or, or when they're, you know, you can, I, I do at least. I'll always be on the side of good. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Depends um, on how it's used. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, the cause, shall we say, if the cause is worthwhile. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I course. mean, it's truly worthwhile. You know? I mean, you got, you got bands like, you know, politically based bands like, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Mm -hmm. Um their music is <clears throat> used as a weapon as well, right? Mm. They're 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 very uh, you know counterculture and stuff like that. So like, yeah, I mean, when music is used for good to bring people, to, I mean, that's the point of music is to bring people together. Mm. I mean, people come together to watch a show. I mean, that's the point of music to me. Is it's not called the joy of music for nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's the joy of music to me. So yeah, the joy of music. Another place we oh no we didn't play there. We, we recorded, recorded there. Yeah, yeah. recorded there. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I guess what? Yeah, that's that's true. You know, that's they don't call it that for no reason. It's the joy and it's to bring people together. But and also, also sometimes it, it some things need to be shown or <coughs> excuse me needs to be shown or said. Mm-hmm. For people to see, like you know, you know, something that's that's going on in part of the world is like maybe the only way they can get the message out there is through music, and then people will actually listen. You know, like yeah, you know. it's it's like yeah, you, exactly. People won't listen to something when it's spoken, <clears throat> yeah, but they'll listen written, to it when or it's written in an sung, article, or they'll listen to it in a song. They'll listen to it in a song, yeah, and then yeah, they'll be like, course. "Oh man, I didn't know it was that bad," you know, or or whatever the case is. Yeah. But it's needed sometimes. True. Uh, partially, also, what kind of inspired this question, it's like two things. I find it strange that, like, for example, sometimes as a comedian, hey, everyone has the ability to be funny. Whether they could do it for a living, that's another thing. But a lot of times people use humor in, an, in a real ugly way. And I look at that and I think, why would you want to take something as joyful as the joy of music or the joy of laughter and pollute it like you know like the type of person that they only laugh at people's misery like you notice that they never laugh at anything but oh did you hear what happened to james what happened to james oh james he broke his foot he fell down the stairs <laughs> all of a sudden they got a laugh so like you never laugh at a fucking knock knock joke but if somebody mm -hmm. breaking their foot's funny to you or like with people with music what, it's, what got me thinking about this, there was a quote by Raymond Chandler, pulp fiction writer, like, um, you know, um, The Big Sleep, I believe was his big uh, book, one of his big books. He was a pulp writer. And I remember reading one of his books, The Big Sleep, and there was a passage where he said, you know, he's like, I go up to the door, or no, I knock on the door. There's a drunk in there playing the radio loud like only drunks do. And it got me thinking to some of my days when like you get, you know, sometimes you're in an oblivion and you're not even listening to the music. You just turn the music on to blare something out in your head. It's like so counter to the music. So I guess it's like... It's counter to life too because not all drunks are loud. <laughs> that's true. But I, but I mean so to the point that when people use that music to drown out something or it's like you 
I mean, you think somebody listening to music at a loud level, they like music. No, they're just trying to blot out whatever's in their head. Or somebody on a bus turning the music up loudly. You don't even like music. You just want to be an asshole. Like, you know, it's like, isn't it kind of strange? I guess I don't... Music puts... That's kind of a strange question. Music maybe, puts and keeps people into certain mind frames. Maybe that person wanted to stay in a certain mind frame, so that's how they used the music. But I mean, I mean, music is used in rituals. Music is used in church. M- music serves so many different purposes, you know what I mean? It's used for relaxation. Uh, wrestlers use it to come out, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, like, music is used for so many different things. It's used for its healing properties as well, right? So it's all in how you apply the music. Exactly. Music's a Band-Aid. And like so <laughs> is there a right or a wrong way to apply music? Uh, I was just Boy, about yeah. to say, it can be a wrong way because, like, with Pop. anything, it can be misused. <laughs> misused. It can be misused. For example, you were... Uh, mentioning about uh, you know somebody blaring their music uh, you know without uh, you know in a public space uh, without even considering using headphones like yeah that's being a jerk uh, you know not um, you know taking into account other uh, other people not um, and um, and wanting or you know somebody like you were saying the example of somebody laughing at others misery um, you know that to me reeks of sensationalism or one wanting to sensationalize just to because obviously uh, individuals like those want attention so it's their way of you right. know it's this you know this or, or, inner insecurity or you know insecurities or whichever have you yes or or people like that are you know they're sitting in their own misery Mm-hmm. And this is how they show it, you know, like through more misery, and that's how they find joy or laughter. It's sad, and it's uh, yeah, we know a guy like that. Uh, probably a few, <laughs> of them. but um, as we go by, as life goes by, I see it more and more, and it's kind of like, oh man, you know, I could kind of get a feel for it. this person's not in a good place. Yeah, no, not at all. But um, they may not even know it, or recognize it, or or whatever. But. I notice in a lot of them, they're, they're, they're finding joy in more misery. Someone else's misery. Like, and as like a result, they keep becoming more miserable because it's a downward spiral. Yeah, because if you truly are like a happy person or a comfortable person, you're not going to find that shit funny. You're going to be like, that's not funny. He, he broke his leg. I'm going to laugh. He fell down the stairs and broke his leg. Are you crazy? So, but I know people like that too. So it's true. People do that. It sucks. And the misery becomes, of course... Uh, a bad hard drug is what it becomes because they're always addicted to it. They're always trying to get the next high from laughing at someone else or trying to put down someone else or bash them online on social media or something or this or that. And, you know, it's, uh, they keep going with it and, you know, it's, you know, it's a downward spiral. It's true. It's a downward spiral and it's, you know, I guess, um, you know, you guys answered it very well. You know, it's, you know, it's that downward spiral. It's that, it's that, just that hunger for negativity. Yeah. And it's, to me, I guess it's just so confusing because it's like, like I respect 
the fuck out of what you guys do. I love music. I think it's awesome. And when I see a person misuse music, like, you know, you can even think of, like, Chinese music torture. When, you, you know, it's like mm. you take you, that t- the idea of, like, I'm going to use I'm gonna music. use music to drive somebody insane. Or a neighbor maliciously cranking the music up. Or that ego of, like, on the bus with the music. Like, I remember a guy, he was whacked out on a... He, he seemed whacked out, and he gets on the bus, and he puts his boom box down and blaring the music bass pumping 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 like I mean it was like it was a big boom box and it was pumping right and it's like you don't even like the song you're listening to right now it's not even about the music for you you're you're, you're playing music to be like I'm listening you're not even listening to it for what me, are you doing for how me, is this what's your connection to this song other than to be an asshole you know what you do you, you know what it all you, comes it's just so confusing to? to me I guess evil Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that on the bus. Yeah. You, you're not, that's noise pollution. You're actually. Well, now allowed. you're allowed to do anything you want on the buses here in <laughs> yeah, Toronto. I guess. You can do anything yeah. you want now. You can drive the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, driver. <laughs> you, can, you can't. I saw. I saw. You a can TT, drive the bus. I saw a TTC driver get off and run into a Dollarama to get like a Pepsi the other day. But <laughs> sorry, continue. And you can like, drive the bus. Yeah. No, it's no, no rules. No rules. But you know, when when a guy is like that, trying to get that much attention, what you should do is just you know get up and dance to the music. Then it will piss him off because now you see he's a happy person. He's like, that's not <laughs> yeah, what I was going yeah, for. Yeah, that's what I was you know? looking for. I so want to be mad. <laughs> Tell me to fuck off. Yeah, that's, that's true. What I would do, yeah, a little reverse psychology. Yeah, I like that. He's going dance. Yeah. He's going dance to it in the aisle. Well, this is what you wanted, right? That's why the music is so loud. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I actually like this song. Yeah. You do? It's <laughs> actually pretty good. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, I did that much. once, though, in, a, in, a, in a, an apartment I lived in years ago. The people above me were so noisy. But not, not music noisy. They were always awake 24 hours a day. They, Ron, had, Ronnie? they had 13. No, no, this is the basement apartment I lived in on Wyndham. But there was 13 uh, people living upstairs. I didn't know that, how many, but my neighbor counted them. Whoa. 13 people living upstairs in this house, and uh, they were always... Sex traffickers. Oh, no, no. No, no, no. Just a huge family, and they brought all the, the cousins over and whatever. And it was just like always awake. Somebody was always awake. So furniture... 13 people to a three bedroom or two bedroom? Two bedroom, I think. Wow. So and I had the basement, so they didn't even have the basement. So you know, people were sleeping in the living room, in 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 the bathtub probably. Imagine that toilet. Oh, I heard it. Heard the pipes going down. Yeah, you know, constantly but, probably thirteen people. <laughs> but the it's thing, a lot that, of flushing going. Down. The, the thing was, the thing was, like I I had mentioned to them, oh, can you keep it down? It's okay, okay, okay. You know, the next day we'll go back to normal. So eventually, I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of hearing furniture moving. I'm sick of hearing people on the phone. I'm sick of hearing it. So I started pumping music. I just played it loud. So I wouldn't hear them. Right? They complained about you. Yeah. Well, kind of. So the next time I saw them, I said, um, I said, I can't remember what I said to them, but the the, the lady said to me, what about you? You play loud music. She didn't even understand that I'm trying to drown them out. She just thought I was the jerk. Did you tell her? Did you say... I play that to drown you. Did you? Oh tell yeah, them? I told her, and she then she then she went quiet. But it was just insane. But did I, it, I did it feel sort of counter? I mean, I don't know. Like I mean, sometimes you gotta. I get it. Sometimes you gotta. Oh, yeah, fight. I felt like sometimes a you need to 
played I, Fire with Fire, you made a point. Yeah, I didn't feel good about you, doing it, but I kind of had to do it because I, I just was sick of hearing them. Sick of hearing the constant noise. I, I, it was actually causing me to lose sleep, which I didn't really know at the time until I went into my next apartment, which I'm like, oh my God, I sleep like a baby now. Did it cross your mind as like just a strange misuse of music? Like there's little, Yeah, oh there's yeah, little, I little, felt bad about it. Yeah. I didn't feel good about it, but I felt like I had to do it because... Otherwise, I'm sitting here listening to their chaos. To them yeah. instead of uh, you know? Prince tune. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, Public yeah, of Enemy. Of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Oh. That's <laughs> yeah. what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. That's what you're... <laughs> fight the power! You know? Yeah. <laughs> or fight the zoo you from know? above. <laughs> but, but I felt bad about doing it, but I had to do it. It's either listen to them or listen to me, right? So. Yeah, yeah. But then the lady thought I was the jerk now. That reminds me, actually, of a Ooh. story from Chris. Remember, Chris had a neighbor upstairs. Ah! <laughs> oh! <laughs> and then Chris comes. Up. <laughs> oh! <laughs> like, what were they doing up there? Oh yeah, it's um, I had something kind of similar. Uh, <laughs> way early into the wee morning hours, we're talking about three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. Uh, this is back in about two thousand nine. And uh, um, in my apartment building, it's uh, the floors are, uh, well, the apartments are very similar in terms of structure. So all of the, um, all of the, uh, each apartment below me, right below me, right above me is a one bedroom. So it seemed as though there was this entire family just, shoved into this one uh, one bedroom apartment and uh, I remember uh, going on very later uh, at night slash early into the morning we're talking even up to three or four o'clock in the morning you wouldn't hear just hear the odd you know this move or that move we're talking about it sounded as though this army of elephants took <laughs> this army of elephants was, you know, trying to take over the apartment building or something. And it became so annoying <laughs> to the point where one night I just had enough. <laughs> I rise from my bed. I know where I open the balcony door, the door leading up to the balcony. I look up, uh, my head points up, and in this loud voice I say, can't you just shut the bleep up type of thing? And uh, this and that, I just kept going off, and there were a couple of neighbors that were saying, hey, hey, come quiet, quiet type of thing, but I just kept going. <laughs> this is in the summer of 2009. <laughs> then I went uh, out of town to uh, see family for a couple of weeks. Then the next time I was back, it was quiet, and I later learned that that family from upstairs they had left. Perhaps they had had so many uh, complaints about them that they were. You well, know, you're forgetting the main line of that. The, the, the funny part for me about the whole story was that one line. That say it, you, say it. Chris, <laughs> you, Chris had went and yelled and bellowed up because he can bellow pretty well. He went and he bellowed. If you guys don't shut up, somebody's gonna die tonight. <laughs> the place went quiet. <laughs> I do recall that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then they moved out. <laughs> they moved out. <laughs> so, uh, wait a second. Call. Are we laughing at someone else's misery? <laughs> yeah. I, oh. I suppose we are. No. <laughs> I think We're more no so different. retribution than anything. No, that exactly. No, that was funny, man. <laughs> I love that because that was a very like eloquent, like well well told story. Someone's you know, gonna die tonight. There was this yes, <laughs> this eloquent story Silence. and laid it out very nice. And you know, I said my piece and I went on sojourn or I went on vacation and. Actually, no. Didn't you yell out, still. I'll kill you? <laughs> Somebody's going to die tonight. You guys don't shut up. Someone's going to die tonight. The pack of elephants stood still. <laughs> All right. Elephant hunters. Yes. You're actually getting some insight into every, every one of our jams is like this. It's just uh, stories and laughs and, and music, pretty much. Yeah, we enjoy ourselves. We enjoy yeah. each other's company. We enjoy our... <laughs> what it's got to be, man. That's what it's about. <laughs> that's, that's why we've been a band for so long, and I can confidently say we will be a band for some time. Yep, mm-hmm. until we that's, that's our formula. Yep. Hallelujah. Until we kick the bucket. Until you got to keep going. Yep. I mean, I mean, when you get when you get a group of guys that are in there playing music because they're friends, as opposed to a bunch of guys getting into a room to make music because they want to be a band or be a star. Yeah, <laughs> which is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody has fun like us. <laughs> no, no, nobody, nobody has, has fun, fun like us, that. man. That's very nobody. interesting. The the, that's the, why people are. I, 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 that's why I find people are jealous of us, because yeah. we're a band who has fun. We are friends who and are for many years, for many years, have fun. Yeah. Haters uh, will as, hate, as opposed to just oh, we're, we're we're together because we play cover tunes and we want to get gigs and make money on. Make fifty dollars. Uh, make fifty. Make that thirty-four bucks. Split through three hundred ten <laughs> ways. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, Oddly enough, people do see that light shine and do get jealous. You know, that's like the they, thing for us. It's enough. not for popularity you know. or for money or for it's for the joy of making the music with, First and foremost, with yep. my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's for me. It's making music with my friends. So it's, <laughs> it's that's interesting how you guys that's, how you guys define that. Like you know, it's there's that connectivity. The reason why I never actually thought about it before, but through this whole journey, we became dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know. What yep. I mean? yep, through this yeah. whole journey, yeah. journey into the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other interview. Has that affected the music, like um, in a different way? For me, no. Um, for me, no. Um, for me, no. yeah. I never wanted to clean up my act. No. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it has in a, in a different way. Like, my daughter doesn't like me to practice at home. She, does, <laughs> she doesn't want to hear it. I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't think that means it's bad. I, I just think she just doesn't want to hear it. She's a little control freak. And um, I have to go to her, to her little jam space to do it. Otherwise, I can't practice. Daughters are women. Basically, yeah. Even at five. Wow. Interesting. She doesn't... I mean, everyone, teach their own. There ain't nothing wrong with that. 
She doesn't gravitate towards music though. Like she not yet. Not um, yet. I don't think so. young for it still. Well, it, you know, you know what? It's like it's like something you said a while ago. If you're trying to force it, um, I may have tried to force it on her a little bit. Like mm. here, do this, you know, or you know, I daddy, I don't like music. She likes music. She likes dancing to music, but she doesn't really care to 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 play anything or anything. At least yet, right? Right. So now I just I leave it alone, but. But I think for me, what she doesn't want me to practice at home is because she doesn't like being loud. Being loud, she doesn't like to hear like loudness. Oh. So I have to. If I do practice at home, I have to really tone it down a little bit. Put the headphones on. Basically, hum the song. <laughs> you know, Daddy. You know, she, you know. But but yeah. So my my experience is a bit different than yours. I guess you're. you're That's gotta be a little heartbreaking. Maybe bit. at this point. Maybe not it's too early. but disappointing. Yeah. You see, a little bit. you see, when I'm at home, I'm not singing. She oh, just she right. just hears me like beating on these rubber pads yeah. at home, maybe, maybe right? Maybe I'm so, just not a so, good singer, so, I suppose. No, no, you're, you're a damn good singer. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. But it's, it's the women. It's the, the, the misogyny is thick in this place. Not uh, for me, no. Uh, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm woke. The misogyny runs <laughs> deep. No. Yes, dear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, it's it's understandable. Like, I mean, if I really want to uh, practice, I can bribe her with something. It'll work. Okay. Okay. You know, you want to go to Toys R Us when I'm done? Okay. You know, every, that works fine. for me. Yeah, it works. It works. It works. Sometimes you have to compromise. We both have daughters, by the way. Yeah, I think they know that. Yeah. Girls. <laughs> they grew up to be women. The joys of our life. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'd like to have kids someday, but like... You got lots of time, Hall. I kind of get the idea also, like... Like, for example, when I think about what I do... Performer, podcaster, actor, comic. The idea of I would only want a kid to do it if they absolutely wanted to, because it's yes. you know it's a challenge. It really is. Yes. Like I mean, and also too, just I would want my kid to to be their own person. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know I said that. Yeah, I mean, I I said that as a. I guess I just said that as a random thing that people usually say, like. But it's true. Oh, it's heartbreaking. But I mean, why would it be? It's like. No, it's true. You want them to do their own. You kind of want them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess that would be the ego part of me being like, I want my kid to do what I do or whatever. But it's like, what's best for the child is for the child to. Well, I mean, with me, I hope that she does her own thing, because a lot of young people there they don't have any hobbies or interests or they just they don't. Want to play video games? Mm. Want to stay inside? You know, like plugged on social media constantly. Yeah. You know, like some don't even have something. So I hope she has some things that she wants to go and do. Yeah, I you mean, know. yeah. When when the lights go out, you do see do. Swing your partner around. What the hell is that? <laughs> I heard someone at work say that, and I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" They're like, "Well." When the lights go out, what do you do? Nothing. <laughs> like everyone's so accustomed to like electricity-based enjoyment. So like, <laughs> when the lights go out, what do you do? Don't see, don't. 
And I said, what does that mean? It means exactly what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, is a good point? It's like, um, I mean, you know, we're from a generation where internet wasn't around. Mm-hmm. I grew up like early 90s, mid 90s. So, so did we. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Early 2000s. Oh, sorry. My, my <laughs> you're bad. You're older my bad. than Yeah, you're we right. Are. Sorry. Thanks for correcting me. You're older than us. I am. Yeah. And uh, so we can learn a lot from you. Listen up. Pay attention. Keep your nose clean. You can learn something. You're in a very privileged opportunity. Remember when Denzel goes into that speech on like Ethan Hawke? Yeah. Training day? <laughs> But, like, it's like I remember being in them internet-free days of just, you would have to have a hobby. The lights went off. There was a million things you could do other than do si Yeah. Right? <laughs> but nowadays, you know, lights go out and a fucking kid wants to kill himself. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. But, uh, it's interesting. It's true. But, you know, um... It's interesting, though, um, to see where you guys have come, having seen the band pre-children, um, family, you know, in the progression, you know, it's like, it kind of speaks to that idea of just when something's in you, it's it's as normal as um, anything you got to do. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, why 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 change on the account of, different not why change but i mean when something's in you life challenges occur child wants to play music doesn't want to play music child loves music wife kids single whatever you gotta just go with the yeah i mean go with it man i mean i've heard i mean since i had a kid i heard from 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 a few friends how do you still stay in a band and you have a kid. And I'm like, I keep saying the same thing. I'm like, dude, this is Canada. That's kind of like what you do. <laughs> you play in a band. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, maybe it's a testament but to how tight we are. How, I, I, how, I, I guess how, so. How our friendship is. Because if we mm-hmm. stop the band, it's essentially stopping our friendship, probably, in a way. Um, we wouldn't talk as often. Because um, we wouldn't see each other as ex- often. We wouldn't, right, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so... It's a testament to our friendship, to our band, to all that stuff. But, you know, because we're doing it for the right reasons, I suppose. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. So that kind of goes with this question here. Like, um, does God give the gift of talent? And in your case, music. I, I believe it is a gift that you've been given. And I also believe it's something that you can learn. Absolutely. Yeah. You can learn to become talented at something not just music you can learn to become talented at something first and foremost it has to come from within that's the thing you said absolutely um absolutely in terms of it's a given gift from god or is it um a talent to be worked on uh definitely uh something to be worked on yeah it's uh and you know and why I say from within is the will, first and foremost. If someone has the will to do something, then from there they have that, you know, will to take them to the talent type of thing. And it's like anything, right? Like, 
even if it feels natural, you still have to work at it. Yeah. You oh, absolutely. You still have to, you know, find motivations for yourself. Yeah. Um, you can't stop. If, if you bury a talent, it mm -hmm. will go away. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And someone can have a talent, per se, but if it's misused, then what good's the talent? True. Say, for example, if when it comes to music, you know, someone who, you know, has talent, but they don't put the discipline into it or the practice or anything, they end up playing sloppily, well, you know, because of their cockiness, and whichever have you, so yeah. that's some of that right there. That's true. There's a technical, I hear what you're saying, that there's a technical aspect of playing, you know, the technical work you had to do to learn how to play guitar, drums, mm -hmm. keyboards, sing. Mm -hmm. Also, though, <clears throat> going back to what we mentioned about how in the songwriting process and in the camaraderie, everything just came easy, natural. What about that in terms of the talent of music? For myself, I know that I have a lot of abilities with music that the average person doesn't have. But I can't say it comes easy. It does not come natural. Like, I, it's not, like, it's some, like, I mean, I could play bass guitar um, better than the average person on the street. I have a lot of head knowledge. I have a lot of knowledge in my head where it's like, I know what I should do to get better or how to get better. But the thing in me that comes forward, the drive in me isn't so natural for music doesn't come natural to me mm. I'm sure I could get better if I worked at it yeah. but what about that like um the yes there is a technical aspect but what yeah. about that thing inside that just of that course. you don't even have to question yeah no it's uh, that plays a big uh, bit into it and um, the three of us of course have been um, the reason why after some time uh, you know things come more easily is because you know we've uh, put in our time working uh, with our uh, with our skills and um, we're so much into the routine we jam and practice regularly and everything so uh, that's why for example uh, when we came up with soft spot you know it was just a you know just Steve throwing down the gauntlet and uh, saying you know let's see you guys you know just for shits and giggles if we can you know, uh, get that song going within minutes. You know, we had an actual song that we still go with nowadays. So, um, yeah, but um, yeah, the process is a the process does become easier over time, but it does re require the discipline. That's the thing. It does require the time to establish your routine or your habits and that. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I always felt that. Um... I had to get good at my craft. I, I had to get good at it, you know. I've, I've always had an interest in drums, and I used to play them with my mouth on our yeah, early recordings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never had a drum set, but... Back in, back in the early 2000s. Back in the early 2000s, yeah, yeah. Pretty young. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, personally for me, I've always found that, personally for me, I was never naturally good at anything. I worked at stuff and got good at stuff. I never like woke up was like this great musician. I, I always find I have to work to get my results. But your That's drive was always there. Though. Drive was always because there. We were eight and nine years old recording there. stuff on cassette. But I, was, I mean, I mean, I mean <coughs> CD. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, on, on the discs. I, what's, on the what's a cassette? Uh, I don't know, uh, man. You know, iClouds. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But no, we were recording stuff at eight or nine years old. Yeah. Two kids, we would take instrumentals off the radio. CHFI? Yep, CHFI. Play some Kenny G instrumentals yep. or something? Yeah. And turn that into our own songs. I would write it, Roger would write, Roger would write it, we both would sing, he would add drums with his mouth. This is eight or nine years old. So it was always there. It's there. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But that's, that was the, the early beginnings of, of our music uh, collaboration. Reminds me of what I used to do when I was younger. I'd, uh, and this is how I... Um, went into songwriting lyrically or lyric writing was um, I would listen to these songs and some of the songs that would grab me I'd get into the habit of uh, writing alternate lyrics about some other theme to the music of that song so you know but you know that's a thing that's whether a cool approach actually yeah yeah you're not a... ripping off their song because you're not you're, you're just writing lyrics to a yeah. song, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, and, that's, and it's that's cool, pretty it's, unique. It's actually. cool having that. multiple songwriters in the same group because if I'm ever feeling lazy, I just use one of Chris's songs. So, right. it, like we were talking be, about uh, "Eternal Ages," that song, yeah, that song, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, lyrics by Chris and music by Steve. Oh no, uh, uh, guitars were him. Well, but I just, I'm just along for the ride on that one. That one's cool for me to do because it's not my song that I wrote. It's cool. So it's almost like an out-of-body experience. I'm singing, but when I'm listening to myself, I'm like, this is good shit, but this, it's not me. Like, it's, I didn't write it. I didn't write the words. Chris did. So. And, and this is, uh, yeah, this is your guys' song, Eternal Ages. Yeah. I, I, I like those lyrics. I like those lyrics. Um, That's that guy over um, there. That's the G-man, the G-spot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love my G strings. I'll admit. Yeah. Well, that was that, that, that was the slogan. Sorry, I got it wrong. It's okay. No, there's some good lyrics Paul's in there. Strings man, on a Gibson sure. would be G strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, makes sense. It's one of my favorite strings on the guitars. The G string. <laughs> Very dainty. Very light. <laughs> right on, guys. So, like, lastly, you know, thank you very much, fellas, for coming through. About to wind it down here. What should people know about music? That's one of the smart guys. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody doesn't stop up, uh, here's something. I mean, I, I, about this... music. Uh, if someone does not stop upstairs soon, someone's gonna die. <laughs> It's been making me laugh ever since you guys brought that up. Um, for me, I would say uh, music is um, uh, music is something that's uh, very personable, uh, personal, and uh, it, and uh, really is for everyone in some way or another. And, you know, whether it be a different certain styles of music they like or genres or Yeah, be open to, to other or... things, you know, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm into a lot of music that, as a drummer, I'm into a lot of music that doesn't have drums in it. Oh. I like hearing music that doesn't have drums in it. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I mean. Music is for enjoyment. You know? Like I got a lot of country songs in my head, and I don't even like country. <laughs> Can't stand shit. But but my mom played it all the time. There so. you go, my mom yeah. too. Yep, yep. But I'm open to it. 
Our next tune may be a country song. Hey, that would be I'll remember that. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. You'll have to take the lead on that well, Chris one. Chris will. <laughs> Up next, country album. Y'all yeah. come now here. Yo, 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 yo. EOC. We'll have to go watch some country. hee-haw episodes. <laughs> Y'all don't knock it down up yeah. there. Someone's going to get killed. <laughs> hey, look, we're Southern There's your new song. We're Southern Ontarios. I mean, we're I country too, I sang a little country no? in my day, you know. Not me. No, no. no I'm a city kid. City boy. City boy. City boy. City boy. Want some water balls? <laughs> sure thing, Bo. <laughs> That's my little uh, one of my little uh, jingles I joke around with on the podcast. Oh yeah. When I, when I go for a water break, I go quick sip of water, balls. Don't mind me, Bo. <laughs> I take a nice healthy drink. But yeah, to answer that question, I mean, yeah, music is for enjoyment, personal enjoyment. Music is for sharing. I like to teach. I like to teach it whenever I can. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, for, it's personal, it's, it's for sharing. Echoes of Carla. Thank you very much. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, thank you for having us. This is a great opportunity, man. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it was some good insight. And, you know, you guys are like Toronto legends in my eyes, you know? Oh, I mean, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey, you know, I mean, like, Mr. Well, Rentrand. Hey, you know, I, I think whenever whenever someone sets out to do what they intend to do and they do it, that's something, man. And with no intent to stop. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Until exactly. until one of us dies, we keep going on anyway, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Easily replaced. <laughs> After this session, I'm not going to uh, look at the word died uh, the same way anymore. I'll always get a chuckle from that. Uh, we got a chuckle off it 15 years ago when you told the story. Someone's gonna die today. <laughs> and you remember it better than I. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Because yeah. we're not that old. No, of course not. We yeah. were children in the early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. <laughs> early 2000s. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Couple starlets. Couple, yeah. 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 Starlets. Yeah. Yeah. Spring chickens. Spring what do they call them? Yeah. Pop princesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a pop princess. It's okay. I'm not. <laughs> pop Thank you, princess. man. Thank no you, problem. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, that about does it for another episode of Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. I certainly would like to thank my guests, Echoes of Carla. Please stay in touch. Keep up with them. Their social media will be in the description. Till next time, folks. Hallelujah. <laughs>